0: So, so maybe Tom, just want to give a bit of a rundown, who you are, where you work for and sort of how you first got into the industry.
1: Sure. Um, I suppose in an overview, um, my name is Tom Wood. I currently work for Camden Hire. So um, I started there when I was casual growing up in high school, um, started in the Wash Bay. Um, from there, it was just a weekend slash holiday sort of a um, sort of a job. Um and as I sort of got older, I took on sort of different responsibilities on the weekends and in holidays, did a little bit of everything, I suppose, at the company. Um, By the time I graduated in year 12, um, I went and did something else, and then I came back um, quite soon after that, and I've been there nearly yeah, a bit over three years. I've been full-time at Cameron High now, so yeah. So how
0: did you find out about Cameron High when you were in high school? Mm,
1: So um, Cameron High were, I suppose having grown up in Camden, they're just a super reputable, um, recognised, well-respected business in in our local area. The name obviously matches where I came from, so um, they're, they're super well-known. Um, the family, Mike and Mark, scarce. Yes, um, uh, they're again well-respected, and and Camden being quite a small town, still everyone sort of knows everyone, um, and so there were plenty of little little connections where I knew the knew the family, but. Um, my dad actually worked at Cameron High before I was born Wow. and so there was 20 years before or sort of 15 years before I'd even been looking for a job, dad had worked there on the weekends as well while he was studying um, and, and knew they were just a really, really good family to work for. Um, he enjoyed the work he did, he got exposure to lots of different things um, and sort of when I was 14 and a half, 15, um, I sort of said well would you maybe throw your resume in and, and have a chat and see what happens. And so. That was how that came about Wow. Um, and that's where it started really.
0: So that's, that's pretty cool. So did you know your dad had worked there?
1: I did. Yeah, I, I did. And that was, it was a big part of sort of when he was studying and he, he was studying to be a teacher. So it was something completely really unrelated to, to hire and rental, but um, it, it was a big part of his life. And um, he, when we'd mow the lawns on the weekends or when we were doing gardening, he'd still have his old Cameron Hire shirt on. and. Um, so it was it was very much an awareness of of that he was there and it was a big part of his life and um, he'd he'd still tell stories and um, refer to people that he worked with there that um, and so it was yeah it was yeah definitely definitely.
0: because I feel like Camden has that that true sort of family feel like you said it's in a small town Mm. everyone's sort of knows about it because the brand mm. it's called Camden hire yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so mm. so like, was that sort of what you, you, you like the feeling you got when you first joined the organization yeah, yeah definitely
1: and um, even when I f- sort of first started I already knew people from from around and I do oh, I didn't know you work here and um, a lot of younger guys that like you sort of the, the, the casuals that I worked with on the weekend um, I knew them through sport or I just through other friendship circles. So it was, it was a pretty tight knit sort of community and and family based business. Yeah. Um, and
0: this podcast episode was sponsored by the fleet office. Get away from paper documents and spreadsheets and become more compliant by using a cloud based fleet management software. Save money by streamlining your hire business and understanding your fleet and utilization better. Create quotes, invoices, allocate equipment and operators to jobs and easily compare your projected income with your current invoices, making you more profitable. Pre-starts, risk assessments, maintenance, timesheets, dockets, and asset efficiency, all managed on one easy to use platform. Learn more at thefleetoffice.com.au.
1: And when people ask you, oh, where do you work? Everyone everyone knows the company in my area as well. It's, it's oh yeah, Cameron High, yeah, they're, Good family, good company to work for, look after the customers, so it's good reputation.
0: Ah, awesome. Hmm. So, so what did you know about Hire when you first joined? Did you know much about the industry?
1: Not at all. No, it was, I, and growing up, I, I suppose you, you think you know everything, and I thought I knew everything about mowing a lawn and yard work and, and sort of general power equipment, and then when I walked in, I suppose, to the warehouse and then to the yard my mind was blown as to how much there actually is. And that, that was, I suppose, from a product side. But at that age, I could never have ever sort of perceived as to how much actually went into it and what uh, an enormous sort of scale the industry operates on, really. Mm. So that was, that's, that's probably been a more recent sort of understanding. Um, the equipment was always the big thing growing up. Yeah,
0: M- most people... Like when they drive down the highway, they don't realize that ninety percent of the gear on the side of the road is rented. Mm, mm, but they have no idea, mm, mm. and and then like that's just the first layer. Like there's entire solutions that yeah. that, that hire companies or rental companies push out yeah. uh, for for businesses. It's huge, and so yeah, it's it's always a, like when I told my friends that I worked in the hire industry. Mm. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> what do you mean? You they rent stuff out? Like, like what? And mm. then the easiest way I always take canter because Yeah, there's so many canter tires around. Yeah, you say, oh, you know canter. Oh, yeah, like you direct chainsaws and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and that's that's. And then the they ITU. think and they, and they think that like that's the industry mm. renting mm. chainsaws and yep. and hammer saws and yep. whatever we're, we're, we're dealing Yeah, yeah. So that's quite funny, but yeah, when you get into it, then you realize that there's there's divisions. There's mm. all these different mm. divisions.
1: It's, it's enormous.
0: And yeah. so, and so, what's the makeup of Camden Hire? Like, is it's uh, it sounds like it's got a bit of a, like a general rental mm-hmm. operation, mm-hmm. like as a business. Can you give me a bit of a rundown?
1: Yeah, of course. So, the, um, just your the, the general we we now refer to it as Plan Hire. Um, so it's our general sort of over the counter, come pick up a ride on or a Bobcat on a trailer. Um, it's your general rental hire sort of branch. Um, that's still they operate out of that as, as head office as well. So our accounts and administration and. Um, sort of the, the head office, I suppose, is based out of there upstairs as well. Um, a lot of bit of transport comes out of there, and the majority of our mechanical work sort of sits there as well. From there, we've got a specialised access department, um, sort of just down the road. So they do obviously EWP work. Um, they've got forklifts, telehandlers, everything that comes along that with as well. So that's it's a specialist branch. Um, we've got a smaller branch on the Old Hume Highway, Casula, um, which um, Double Purpose, which operates as a little bit of general hire, um, but specifically specialises in traffic management solutions. So that's where the majority of that equipment will come from. Um, We've also got the branch that I'm based out of, which we refer to as site services, which is site accommodation, amenities, portaloos, loos temporary fencing, steel plates, everything that you would, I suppose it becomes part of your site infrastructure will come out of. Um, And then on the side of general hire as well, we do um, a little bit of party hire again. COVID really made that pretty tricky. So we've had to reduce that a little bit. Um, Obviously through COVID, we had to reduce it enormously. Um, But coming out of COVID as well, a lot of the equipment, a lot of the space that was used for party hire originally had been repurposed. And so it's now just finding a bit of a balance between um, taking on party hire work and what we can actually supply and, and where we can still sort of sit comfortably with the workload we've got. So that's... That's essentially where the party hire, I suppose, is at. So we operate on five branches. Nice. And so mm-hmm.
0: when you first joined the business, it sounded like you're sort of working in the yard and mm. serving customers, stuff like that. Yeah. Like what's been your, your journey in the industry so mm. far with Camden?
1: Sure. So literally, literally started in the wash bay. Um, just, it was just, oh, I was cleaning up equipment when it came back. I'd serve customers, show them how to, to, to use a chainsaw or to, to start their, their mower um and then i'd receive it on the other end when it was returned check it all over and just give a slip into the guys in the office who'd tidy it all up um and that was the majority of what i did on the weekends from there in school holiday times when i could commit a little bit extra time during the weekdays um, i did um, a lot of party hire as well so installing marquees hockers dance floors lots of chairs and tables um a lot of that during holidays and then on as I got older as well I started to spend a bit of time at our access department um, so just got a lot of exposure to that which was really good I would just work with one of the other mechanics down there. there was no customers on the weekend at our access department um, over the counter so to speak um, but um, it was just a good opportunity to learn about the equipment um, learn how it operated start to work out some of the names what things we use for um, and as a, I suppose as a 15 or 16 year old sort of kid I I looked at it and didn't really know what you would use any of it for anyway so having that exposure there was was um, was really good and it gave me uh, I was really really lucky that I got a well-rounded sort of perception of each branch and what everything did before I'd even sort of finished high school Mm. Um, so that that was where I started I went away um, well when I finished school um, the plan was to go and do real estate um, and so from there I went away and did that and I eventually came back. But that was the early days of, of my Cameron High story and I suppose it was split up by it would only be a handful of weeks, I think, before I came back and really got into the full-time side of it. So.
0: And so you left the industry because you already had this preset uh, goal <coughs> to be a real estate agent or involved in real estate to a certain point. Mm. Um, what happened there?
1: Yeah, so I went... I, and it's funny, looking back, I, I'd never even considered hiring rental being a career, and never really thought about it uh, taking it on. And at the time, you've got your blinders on and you think you know what you want and think you know where you're headed. And I wanted to get into real estate as an agent initially, and then the end goal was to do more property development side of things. So there was a bit of a a sort of a framework there, but I did a couple of weeks of real estate um, and didn't really enjoy it at all. Um, And so I resigned from my real estate position and then I was sort of jobless for a week, which is not a particularly long time to be jobless at 18. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I survived just fine. <laughs> um, but I was at our local, like we, Camden show, at our local agricultural show just with a couple of mates and I bumped into one of my old managers, Adam Mulley, who is now the branch manager for our access department. Um, and I'd built up a, a, quite a good relationship with him while I'd worked weekends and I knew him and he knew me. Um, and he sort of said, oh, how's real estate going? I said, well... Not particularly well to be honest i'm no longer doing it i'm not sure where i'm headed next and he said well have you ever considered working in the office at camden higher and it was in that moment i thought no i actually hadn't at all and so for the three or four years that i'd worked there previously i'd, I'd never even considered any sense of career progression or any sense of development in the industry or at camden higher and i sort of said well i haven't but i'd be pretty keen to have a crack actually and so from there Adam was kind enough, he spoke to Mark Scarce, the owner. Um, and we lined up a bit of a conversation, a bit of a chat, went in for a bit of an interview. Um, and things just lined up and we went in from there. So I started on on the desk as, literally just as, on the desk as a hire controller. Wow. Straight into it.
0: So that's probably a few lessons there, uh, both for the industry as a whole, and also Camden Hire, I think. So mm-hmm. so you've got these, these, uh, <clears throat> these juniors coming through the ranks mm-hmm. that potentially just see it as as a job Mm -hmm. they they don't realize that there's a full potential career that you can diverge into any sort of specialty area if you want to Mm. and i think uh like they always talk about the the Higher mental association they always talk about careers and hire and all sort of stuff Mm. and and they promote (coughs) it but it still isn't getting through enough i don't think like people that are joining Mm. the industry that they need to realize (coughs) hey there's a lot of opportunity here Mm. um and so like is that something that like, you, when you reflect back when you first joined, mm-hmm. like, is that something that, I guess, is just the standard thought that you thought about or is it more of a culture thing, like what, like, what do you think?
1: I, um, <clears throat> it's, it's really, it's hard to try and work out because I don't know why I didn't ever really recognize that there was opportunity there because I, I, I suppose, in my head, I had an end goal and potentially knowing where I wanted to go eventually, had inhibited my ability to recognize opportunity when, I was, when it presented itself, really. So <clears throat> had I probably pushed a little bit harder um, on the weekends and got more involved and um, and sort of indicated that I wanted to, to go in and, and join in the office and, and take on that side of it, um, the opportunity, I imagine, would have been there. Mm. Um, but I suppose as a culture thing, it's it's hard to recognize the opportunity if you're not inside of it. Um, and the, the direct sort of career progressions and job roles that people in hire and rental take on, it's it's not often visible to um, an outside perspective who isn't familiar with the industry, I, I think. And the idea of, of going from sort of hire controller to overseeing a specific product or specialist item um, or going to assistance branch management or, um, or branch management, regional management, um, it, it often doesn't correlate to... A lot of other it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't directly correlate to a lot of other business models and other industry models and so i think um i think that was probably what sort of that 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 in the combination of having in my head where i wanted to be and just being a young person who thought they knew everything was probably the combination but knowing what i know what i know now and 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 understanding the structure of the industry and understanding where people stand in their job roles and and how they've actually come from where, where I started and yeah. even the the amount of people that I've that I've learned over the years that, that started it was with a gurney in their hand washing down um, equipment. You know, I was listening to Adrian Manning, you know, COO um, at, at Coates doing just that. That's where he started and, and worked his way up. And it's having learnt that um, and having had that exposure um, that, that oh, I'm now so much more aware of it and so much more excited by the um, all the opportunities, oh, I think. Yeah, and it's I think really big.
0: Yeah, and I think a, a part of it is also like showing an interest, like being motivated, mm. like being interested to understand <clears throat> the equipment, mm. being interested to understand what the customer actually wants. Yeah, learning about other people in the business that have worked there for fifteen years or ten yeah. years, and yeah. and asking them questions around mm. their career. Mm. And when you start peeling off those sort of things, the first thing that happens is if you show an interest and, and you're motivated. Yep. Mark's guess is going to go. You know what? Tom's like. Tom's, Tom. Tom might have it. He might have that little, mm. a little glim in his eye that he might be a branch manager one day. But if you're sort of just turning up and you're just like doing a wash down and you talking to customers and you go home and that's it. Yeah. Like I think it's often businesses think, oh, <coughs> he's not super interested. Mm. Uh, but when you start doing that. A, Mark's guess in that example sees it, mm. and then the customers see it. Mm. And when the customers see it, they're excited to work with you. And next minute, you got this. Yep. it's very powerful thing that you're building up mm. in an organization and mm. and that's where people progress yeah you start doing that like the sky's the limit
1: mm. 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 I think um, i'm I'm super lucky that I'm that'm I'm, I'm passionate about it. and I love going to work every day and i'm I'm not only passionate about the equipment I'm, I'm lucky that I'm naturally interested in the equipment we hire out and the, the services we provide and and supplying to the construction and civil industries. I, I love all that sort of thing. So I'm lucky there. But I think what's really different about high and Rental is that <clears throat> the priority is always people. And from, not not even just from an employee side, but it's always about the customer. At the end of the day, you, you don't go home until you've met the customer's needs. And every other industry that you look around, a, a lot of it, that that gets missed. And I know as a customer when I go and Either inquire on something or go to purchase something. In other industries, you become uh, you're not the priority, and that is where I think hire and rental is is incredibly different. Different in the sense that the the number one priority is people on both sides inside your organisation and ultimately from a business perspective, your customer is your end goal. Yeah, and it's 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 getting getting their needs met to the best of your ability with whatever resources you've got at your disposal. Um, and making that happen I, I think that's really special as well and I can I, I like that I absolutely love that um, that's I think that's different I think it's really different
0: yeah well in, in the <coughs> end like who was I, I was trying to one sort of the podcast about this where to put it bluntly customers rent things be, like <coughs> big customer like contractors rent things because they're not organized yeah if they were super organized and they had all of their projects planned out, they mm-hmm. like could just go buy all the gear, put it on and sell yep. it and do all that sort of stuff. And, yep. But that's a lot of work. Mm. And so they much prefer to partner with someone that's going to help them design a solution yep. and, and work through it. Yeah. And I think, um, and that, that's where that customer service comes in. Yeah. People come to you not because they, they like you. Obviously, that, that's a part of it. They're mm-hmm. coming to you because they have a problem. Yeah. They have a problem and yeah. they say, oh, I'm going to Camden Hire. Yeah. I've got an event or I've mm-hmm. got this or I've got to paint this building or whatever yeah. it is that I'm doing. Yeah. I need this type of uh, uh, scissor lift or yeah. boom lift or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And I need it delivered on this time at this date. Yeah. Because if you don't get there on time, who you knows what happens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, it's it's a it's a good point that you bring up around people and the customer, because that is important. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say, mm-hmm. and this 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 caught my attention when I first started doing site visits, mm-hmm. when you go to branches that aren't like more general rental, mm-hmm. like where is all the customers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where is everyone? Yep. Because most of it's deliveries. Mm-hmm. And so I would walk through and I'm like, How is this like branch doing like ten million dollars a year? <laughs> Where are the people? Where where's are the, the people with the money? Where's, where's the money coming? Through? Is yeah. this a Breaking Bad situation? Well, <laughs> like, under the table. Under, under yeah. the table. So, but that was like the, the, the other thing that I realized that there's the the pickup side of it is reducing and reducing and reducing. Like people mm. want things delivered now. Mm. And then mm. that's why you've got these specialty branches that mm. are getting split out as well. You can't mm. have everything just in one anymore. Yep. Is, that, is that something that you sort of picked up early on as well when you re- yeah. went to the business?
1: Yeah, definitely. So the... Um, I suppose at a grassroots level, um, a customer a lot of the time isn't coming in for a product, they're coming in for a solution. So they've got a problem in their head um, and as much as from a rental perspective we go, well, a customer needs said item, they need this unit to get their job done. But the customer brings their issue to you and they're looking for a solution a lot of the time. And so I think the way that it is moving is that a customer just wants to be able to ring up, provide you the issue or a lot of the time they already know what they want but they just they've got the problem in front of them and they need you to bring the solution to the problem and so that's where I think largely where um, the role of transport in the hire and rental industry is absolutely huge um, and and the idea that a customer shouldn't have to leave site anymore um, to have their problem solved is, is definitely where the industry is going and the change that I've seen just in in my very sort of limited experience and I probably need to preface everything with I'm talking from the perspective of having worked in the industry for for three years full time and then sort of around the industry for for seven or eight years but that that change has been huge and I've seen our company Cameron Hire, come um, come from um, a, a small amount of sort of larger trucks and tilt trays and Iabs to um, to having tripled or quadrupled the amount that they have it's because the need is there and it's because customers so regularly um, re- require equipment equipment just to in the in the real time you know mm. so I, th- I think that's huge yeah it's almost
0: like like you know how they say amazon is really just a logistics company mm-hmm. it's almost like the rental industry slowly <clears throat> obviously you've got the product but then mm-hmm. it's becoming a logistics organization yeah. mm-hmm. where if you organize everything where it's going to be delivered mm-hmm. like really the the whole goal is let's look at what we have available let's look at where the customers are yep. and let's plan the best logistic route to pick up the equipment bring it back and plan it I still think a lot of companies are are managing that manually. Yeah. And and I think to go to really the next level, there needs to be a lot more emphasis on on that transport management.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We it's I would say part of my day these days in, in what I'm doing now, I'm probably 60 to 70% would be transport in in managing um, what's going where, where our trucks are up to, what they're going to be doing next. Um, and it's transport is is so much of what we do and. Um, I suppose funny story in the sense that there was one afternoon it was probably I hadn't been around in full time for long and there was one afternoon I was frustrated in that I'm getting all these orders come in at the last minute on a, on a Friday afternoon for Monday first thing or for the next day um, and I couldn't quite wrap my head around why everyone was just left it to the last minute and I was talking to my manager at the time Mick Gunn um, and he, he said Tom once you understand that the hire and rental game, largely on the counter taking orders, is is, is a reactive game, not a proactive game. When you stop trying to get ahead and, and, and beat it, you just accept that that's the way that the industry works and that's the way that the transactions are gonna occur. You're gonna feel better about it and you're gonna be able to take that and just get the job done. I thought, oh geez, okay. Well maybe, maybe I'm not, it's not so much um, my mindset on it all, and I just needed to accept that that was the way it was and from then on when I realized that that 's how it operates and, and customers do have an issue that they need sorted straight away that that 's not their fault an issue arises and and, and they just need it fixed so yeah. that's from a transport perspective you, you can 't plan ahead too far because things change and and new orders come in and dates change and um, a site gets wet because of the rain you've got to push it back three days and and there's it's not their fault, and it's it's just the needs that we've got to satisfy, and it's and it becomes becomes my job to make that work, and, and to tick the boxes, and to make everything as efficient as you can. Mm. So it's it's a fine balance between planning ahead, and also being in a position where you're, you're allow yourself to be reactive enough to still satisfy customers' needs on the fly. So yeah, and it's
0: then challenging. Go, yeah, and then you go home and. Then- <clears throat> Imagine going home and then doing that same mentality, just letting everything
1: sort of <laughs> flow. <Yeah, into> yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't. We've been planning this for five weeks now. You, know, it's, you, you, you can't do it everywhere. But yeah. it's just, and it's once I finally accepted that that's how, that's how the hire and rental industry works and that's how transport works, yeah. I, you, you're able to roll with the punches and you go, okay, well, this is now, I understand that now and I get it. And there's been <clears throat> countless learning opportunities. And moments where things have just clicked and I've gone, okay. Rather than get frustrated about it being like that, I just now need to tune my head into, into working with that. Mm. And that's, that's been just so helpful. Really. And so, and so, and so
0: how did you do that? Because like, it sounds like you were stressing <coughs> a lot around like, what the customer needs and when they need it. Do we mm-hmm. have the right equipment? Mm-hmm. How do we get it there? How did you make that transition then?
1: I, I think largely it just comes with experience. And over time, I got to know my equipment far better than I did when I was working on the weekends. When you're troubleshooting over the phone, or you're trying to come up with solutions on the go, you very quickly learn what your capabilities are. And it was from there I just went, well, I need to learn more about generators, or I need to learn more about what my trucks can take and where they can go, and um, even things as detailed as where can I send wide loads through Sydney, what roads do I have to take to. To get up to, to Newcastle with a with a six x three sight shed on, or how um, h- how many how many chains do you have to use on a steel plate? It's it's all of those things that at, at sixteen, if you'd ask me, you, you'd go, oh, I don't even know what a steel plate is. What is it? What, what would you use a chain for on that? But it's 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 that growth and experience that comes with it that you can feel confident in making decisions. Um, and I, I noticed <clears throat> the big thing I noticed with experience is that customers largely were telling me exactly what they needed and what they wanted and were giving me lessons over the phone as I was in the early days they were telling me what what they needed and describing things to me so I could so I could understand but I noticed in as my experience grew and I, I felt more comfortable I was explaining to customers the other way around as to what they needed and how they would need to get it there and I think once I realized my the areas that I needed to to learn and 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 develop a deeper understanding. That was when I started to feel more comfortable, and mm. and and rather than go, well, I don't know that, so therefore I can't help you. Just let's figure it out. Let's let's learn about it. Let's go and study. Let's go and do some reading, watch some videos, um, and la- largely a lot of it. You, you're not sitting there at work getting paid to to watch videos on the unloading of machines or or the, the difference between voltage and kill you know, kva, and but but it's but it's stuff that helps you every day, and it, it, it makes not only experience for the customer ultimately so much more smooth, but it makes your experience at work a lot more smooth as well. So that's, that's probably the biggest thing that I, I found.
0: Yeah, and I think the, the, so the, the hard thing with that is someone joins the industry, the only way to learn is by doing. Yeah, definitely. And it's intimidating. Yeah. Yep. It's intimidating. Largely, If someone yeah. says to you, hey, I've got this event, I need power, mm. come sort out how much KVAs I need. Mm. Like, oh, where do I start? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's,
1: what? <laughs> What's a KVA?
0: <laughs> yeah, so like like that, you got to have a thick skin as well and you got to have a an ability to know that you're, you're going to get things wrong. Mm. But, Definitely. But you, Definitely. having that right team around you to support you is important as well. Huge, yeah. yeah. Having having
1: the right people in your corner is massive. And at Cameron Hire, I'm... I'm super, super lucky that I've been able to work alongside guys that have been in the industry for, for a long, long time, longer than I've been alive, um, but have also worked around their products for a very, very long time. Um, and so it's, having, having the right people has been huge for me and just getting quick advice. What's the difference between this and this? What's gonna be best suited here? And it's really, the cool thing is, you then take that information with you in the future. And so when you go to handle that issue six months or a year, year down the track, You've got the tools in your arsenal to be able to, to, to adapt um, your, your solution to that situation and tick the boxes. And that's – hiring rental is <coughs> – excuse me – is so big in that there are so many different products that chances are, there are you would never be able to know the ins and outs of every single product that every company is going to be able to hire out. But having a good idea and a good sort of um, basis to, to work with uh, has been has been really good for me, in in the people that have been around me with the experience levels. Mm. So that's been massive.
0: Yeah, and then talk about the product. So so you said you work in the, the site services yes. um, branch at the mm-hmm. moment. So do you want to give a rundown of like what does that entail?
1: Yeah, cool. So um, uh, again, there's a massive contrast between a normal general hire branch. So we're very, very foot traffic. There might be one customer that will come through a day looking for a specific quote they want to sit down and talk about. Occasionally, we get people coming in to pick up their bobcats, and we've got to redirect them just down the road. Um, that that largely the, the the biggest sort of foot traffic we foot traffic we would get. So um, it's all comes through um, phone calls and emails. A lot of the days um, when I first started in in the site services office, um, it was a brand new office. We just finished building the the, um, the facility, um, brand new workshop, brand new yard. Um, so. Cameron High was sort of finding its feet with that that branch as well at the time when I moved in there um and I was straight into doing emails and, and phone calls was was my priority and so there were some days where you get 60 70 80 emails a day and on average these in the same days you'd be 120 phone calls a day as well and so what started as is, is a couple of people three or four people who sort of had specific sort of job roles that they were sorting out, as it grew really, really quickly, we all just sort of blended into doing a bit of everything. So everyone had their heads in transport, everyone knew where the trucks were, everyone knew what orders were coming through, everyone was, was supposed to know how much product you had sitting in the yard ready to go. Um, but that largely became more and more difficult as we took on more work and we had more trucks coming in and out of the yard. Um, and so just recently we've um, sort of, the I suppose, to go back a step, the three main product categories are your site fence, your toilets, and your site accommodation in your, in your site sheds. So it's that was all together. And, and a lot of the days of the week, you'd start your day, you'd do a quote for site accommodation, you'd do a few sheds in a ablution block, then you'd go and um, take some orders for toilets. And then by the end of the day, you were doing fencing and working out how many panels you had. Um, but nowadays we've split it up. And so um, we've, we've now got two people dedicated to working through um, at Portaloos, um, we've got um, a team working on fencing, um, and I've got a couple of offsiders as well working on site accommodation now. Um, and then we've got new employees starting just to handle um, our inquiries, so through um, through emails and, and predominantly phone calls as well. So it's growing quickly, um, but it's just been handling that growth it's been a bit of a challenge that we've just we've had to overcome recently so
0: yeah so maybe you want to talk through like what's an example of an email <coughs> that comes through so someone mm. just given a scenario so someone understands like what it means to like actually work in the site services
1: yeah sure branch. sure so largely um, your, your orders a lot of the time come through as purchase orders for existing customers and so what's really great for the customer is they just send the purchase order over they don't have to give you any more information that's already on it you extract the information out of the purchase order you create a contract Um, with the equipment they require, um, that that gets processed with your transport. So if it's a booking in ahead, in a couple of weeks ahead, um, you lock it in with your system and then everything gets printed out later on when you go to do it. But if it's in real time for the coming day or the next day after that, um, it'll go straight into transport planning. um, And then from there it'll quite tangibly, the the equipment will get loaded onto a truck, the contract will go in the driver's hand, um, it'll get taken to site and installed. So that that would be um, account regularly trading customers sort of process. A lot, we get a lot of um, sort of cash customers, we refer to them as or first time customers, um, that'll send through an email looking for pricing, looking for a bit of a quote. Um, A lot of the time it's either um, it'll be just, oh I wanna know how much a portal is gonna cost me for six weeks or how many meters of fence do I have to hire to meet a minimum and how long and how much is that gonna cost me. And It's all those questions that can often take a lot of emails as the customer works out exactly what what they're after, and that the pricing is is not always as straightforward as it's going to cost you five hundred dollars for X product. But there's a lot of questions that come with it. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I was actually I'm chatting on a podcast. So it was actually last uh, last week before, and it was a company uh, in the U.S. that rolled out their website where they can they can um, have a availability of their equipment and their quotes and that sort of stuff. And they found that most of their their regular customers weren't using the website. <coughs> But they found that all they were getting a, a high demand of new customers coming through, just wanting quotes on one or two things. Yeah, and then those customers were converting to regular customers. And so, I think when um, people talk about like implementing like an e-commerce or a website for a higher business, yeah, they straight away think oh, our existing customers aren't going to use it or they're not going to mm, do it. Mm. Where it sounds like like imagine if all those emails that you're getting back and forwards mm. could be done via some type of e-commerce platform mm. Um, mm. that can manage it. Mm. And then those customers go into the pipeline for, e- for a Camden hire, mm. and then eventually get it given an account manager or a sales rep. Yeah. And then obviously they don't put everything through there, but then they can start managing it. Yeah, I think um, that's where the industry is still very far behind.
1: Yeah, and it's, and it's working with those challenges in the sense that it, it probably is, at this stage, still easier for an account customer to attach their, their purchase order as a PDF to an email and hit send. And it, it is getting to the point where it becomes easier and more likely for set account customer to engage with the e-commerce platform, um, which which benefits everyone in the sense that they can then, in real time, see exactly what's on the shelf, what they can have and how soon they can get it. But it also works for us in the sense that there's no double handling of information. Um, and that's, that's where, uh, even talking before with you, the, the role of technology, um, it has already it is progressing to be to be enormous in the higher and rental industry and there's so much more untapped potential I think that we can both recognize that's there that um, could really take it incredible places mm. for both for both the organization internally from a uh, sales and operations and administration perspective but also for the customer um, and I, I think that's it's huge and it's exciting
0: yeah and so talk to me about technology then so uh, mobile devices tablets mm. things like that because obviously one of the key elements around most hire businesses is trying to try and get rid of paper yeah so what's been that journey so
1: far mm. so um, all of our all of our drivers um, have are either equipped with uh, an iPad um, with um, with uh, with mobile data or 3G connectivity 4G connectivity um, or a mobile phone so they've, they've always got some form of a, an a device that they can tap into a news for transport purposes i.e. getting directions but largely it's operating off of um, a workforce side of um, point of rental which we use um, which allows the drivers in real time um, to track their contracts log um, information from jobs they've done um, and we can then also track where they're up to via that mobile workforce as well so I suppose the transition from from paper ultimately every company's goal is to eventually move away from from the, the stack of paperwork that you have every day that someone's going to work through and, and, and remotely go through over the course of the day and tidy it all up. So we're, we're now in the phase of relying very, very heavily on the mobile workforce um, and that, that, that becomes the priority as opposed to handwriting on paperwork, but we've got the paperwork there as a backup just in case. and So with, I suppose a specific example, specific example of temporary fencing um, with each installation that a, that a crew will do, um, they'll pop into the workforce exactly how many panels they've used in panels, blocks, and clips, obviously associated. Um, then they'll attach photos as well, and the photos is, is enormous um, in the sense that it gives you evidence of the product we supplied initially, and then the product that you picked up at the end. So uh, engaging with that technology is really, really important. We're finding now, um, but the process between <laughs> moving from paper is is a, is a slow one uh, to be expected. I, I think. If anyone thinks that they can move, one, uh, can largely just change the, the whole structure of, of their operations from an administration side, um, it's, it's, it's so much more involved than you'd think. And we, we initially, I'm pretty sure Cameron Hire initially, when, when we integrated that software, the plan was to go completely paperless. Um, but knowing what we know now, we, we have it there as a backup, and I imagine the next five years we'll be completely paperless. Mm. Probably sooner, probably the next two years I'd imagine
0: but and so, and so so what was some of the challenges or the pushback <clears throat> from the users was it because I can imagine like what I've always thought about is let's say I'm a driver and I'm taking something out or I'm doing a return or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I feel safe with my piece of paper you do. Yep. because the piece of paper can't go anywhere it can't mm-hmm. break it can't give me an error Yep. i just write down on the piece of paper i put it on the shelf and <clears throat> my job is done exactly yep if i've got a tablet in front of me or a, or a phone <clears throat> there might be an error yeah the customer might think i'm not know, don't know what i'm doing yeah i yep. might i might not know what i'm doing yep and so it's i wrong. start yeah. getting nervous <clears throat> um and so like what what's been that 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 pushback, or what's been the challenges? Do you think in that that
1: area? Mm. I think largely the, the mobile workforce introduced a whole new sense of responsibility for drivers and guys that install, install or deliver products, and 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 realizing that that responsibility is not, it's not, you're not held responsible to it, or held responsible for it because it's another thing to get in trouble for or to do wrong. It's it's more so there to actually help you in the long run. In in not having to keep track of your paperwork in the truck and it streamlines things and it means at the end of the day you don't have to hang around and explain to your hire controllers or um, the guys that tidy up your paperwork exactly what you did over the course of the day so we can get everything right. So if you can log it in real time, um, it's more efficient for everyone, but you you make some fantastic points there is that there is a sense of security in your paperwork and that if I've written my, my numbers down or if I've written the address down, it's there in front of me, it's tangible and I can feel it. And the idea of going to the mobile workforce, once you hit send, it's, it's not a, a direct path to be able to see exactly what you put in again. So you do lose that sense of security, but it's, that, that largely is, um, is getting um, guys that have been in the game for a long time to make that change. And, and admittedly, again, I haven't been around for very long and I'm completely aware of that, but having done something for, for, for 20 years, you're not going to want to change. Um, and it's, it's, I suppose, a fine line between um, encouraging that as the workforce, uh, as the work protocol and, and Cameron High's protocol for doing things, as well as encouraging them that, that that's going to be beneficial to you mm-hmm. in the long run, um, is, it's a balance. And that, that largely, I suppose, is the employee take-up um, is, is always going to be a challenge. And it's something that we are constantly trying to encourage our guys with. Yeah. Um. And and just reassure them that the technology is not supposed to be a hindrance and an extra hard, frustrating job to do. It's supposed to 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 help in yeah. the long run. And if
0: it is, it's probably the wrong platform. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no comments.
0: <laughs> so, it's a loaded question. Yeah. Uh, but no. So look, one of the things that is also important that I'll, I'll do a follow up is mm-hmm. is when you. When you are trying to convince someone in the field to use a mobile device, mm-hmm. like yes, you're make you're trying to explain to them the benefits for them and their mm-hmm. day and make things more streamlined. Mm-hmm. But it's also like giving them like a pain, painting the picture <coughs> of what that means for the business, what it means to have those photos at hand straight away yep. for the yep. office, yep. what it means to update the contract live that mm-hmm. something's being delivered mm-hmm. or getting signatures or whatever it is. Because now you're freeing up the time. For someone in the office to mm-hmm. do other things, mm-hmm. and that person might be assisting the driver with their run or whatever they're doing. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's all it's about making sure that it's everyone isn't just thinking about just their day, mm. because making a little change over here can make a big change for the business.
1: Largely, yeah, it's 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 huge. And so, what um, I suppose twenty five years ago, drivers wouldn't have had the facility to take photos mm-hmm. or make notes. And so, the the photos thing is huge because. Um, it Acts as a piece of evidence for the guys as well. You know, when when drivers are passionate about the work they do, um, and they do a good job and they put effort into it, um, and when a customer disagrees or have, have gone and, and made adjustments to products themselves or adjusted how things are on site, um, we can then go back to that initial photo and go, well, no, no, we're, we're going to stick with what you've said. The photo evidence is there. You, you did a good job. That's great. There's the, you've got nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. And that, that's largely what it comes down to as well is knowing that the technology is there. Um, as uh, as a help, and, and over time, uh, out we're we're really lucky. Our guys are, um, the the guys I work alongside with, we've taken it up really well, and everyone, um, is super on board with it, and everyone knows how to operate it, and and it works really really well for us. But yeah. it's, that's that was a big thing is is going from from probably, not not having any of that technology at all, and not relying on it to being. To, to then implementing it to then relying on it is yeah. probably the, the, a few phases in that process um, that, that I would be lying if you said we haven't struggled with, but I, I'd be amazed if there was a company that, that took it up you know effortlessly and, and, and completely smoothly you know so mm. Mm.
0: yeah, <clears throat> imagine this then imagine walking into a general rental or general hire store mm. and there not being a counter. Imagine that <sighs> It's surreal. yeah imagine just having a tablet and not having somewhere you stand behind and doing stuff. Like, it's, you go to the Apple store, you don't have a counter. Mm, you know what I mean? It's exactly mm, the same thing. Yeah, you, so, you don't consider it. Yeah, yeah, but, like, it's possible. Mm. It's possible. Like, if I think if you went down to the, the Camden Hire, General, General Hire branch and told them that we're getting rid of the counter, they would have a panic attack. <laughs> yeah, I don't think
1: we'd be stoked. I don't think we'd be stoked. But that's, um, that's, that's that family business as well, is that your customers are so important that on a personal level, you enjoy seeing them. Um, and you enjoy engaging with them and that that um that's surreal yeah, that, that, maybe, that maybe they're just
0: like leaning on the counter <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just there to hold you up. Yeah, it's, it's just that the, physical support.
0: Yeah, like half the time customers go in and they'd have a twenty minute chat on the yeah. counter anyway. So it's it's a part of the it's like part of maybe they just need to get like a, a corner.
1: To, <laughs> <laughs> just to lean on. Just to lean
0: on, yeah. yeah. Lean on. yeah. Oh, uh, the
1: conversations I'm sure that our counters have heard over the years uh, would just be years sure. it'd be incredible. But for sure. It's that that um it's the 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 techno the, the technology uptake is it's not an overnight thing and we've seen it and I'm sure you've seen it yourself even more so than I have um, is that the the way that we're implementing it now is is probably going to be um, trivial in the ways that we're implementing it in 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years time um, and where we're at now is is going to be a drop in the ocean to to probably where we're relying on it incredibly um, down the track and I think that's really exciting is that um, we've got all these new opportunities in the ways that we can not only help ourselves internally as, a, as an organization and improve things and make things more efficient, make our own jobs easier, but also improve the experience of the customer overall.
0: Yeah. Um, Imagine this one, I'll blow your mind even more. Imagine mm-hmm. this with self-driving trucks delivering equipment themselves. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just surreal, it is utterly surreal. Like you can see it but yeah, you can see it going that direction. Like, the technology's like, there.
0: It yeah. sounds insane. Like if I said, yeah, a crane or whatever, a boom is gonna load a bobcat on the back of a truck and the truck's gonna drive itself to the customer's site, take some photos itself and then drop off the boom lift or all the bobcat, whatever it is. Like it sounds insane but it's possible like mm. in 50 years mm. that that should be possible
1: well, I don't see why it can't and the, the technology is there at a, at a foundational grassroots level now where it's not being largely implemented in many industries but you hear of like you talk about Amazon they've got um, autonomous factories and, and facilities um, I, I'm excited to see where hiring rental is going to take that and what that is going to mean Um for us and i I suppose for the people that work in the industry how's that going to change what a day-to-day job looks like and what are your responsibilities going to look like and what's that then going to if you're not if you're not doing the the hands-on um whether it's physically loading the truck yourself or whether it's actually doing the paperwork or or typing up the quote what what that's actually going to look like for you and what your responsibilities and um and what you're actually going to need to be doing Mm. is is it's it's scary from one perspective in the sense that, that how far the technology can go, but I think that's, that's super exciting. I, I think uh, it needs to be seen as opportunity.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it is a bit scary, isn't it? <laughs> Self-driving truck sounds a bit scary. That's the, that's huge,
1: <laughs> it is, that is utterly huge. And as, as a, um, uh, working on a side or just driving, driving alongside trucks as well, that's scary, you know, that, that truck loaded itself, <laughs> like, yeah, it's that, big. I know. But like you say, the technology's there and, and um, yeah it's amazing it really is amazing where yeah. it's going
0: all right well let's learn a bit more about Tom so so if you could give some advice to young Tom when you first joined the industry what, what would you what would you say
1: I, I think largely it comes down to opportunity and and in the sense that <clears throat> I didn't recognize that for, for for whatever myriad of reasons i wasn't able to recognize that cameron higher or the higher industry largely um was an was an opportunity and was was um an option for me full-time as a career and i think not overlooking or i suppose directly to say to, to young tom um don't underestimate or overlook what you might perceive as small opportunity um and that that's a career thing and that's a it's a life thing as well i suppose but if if potentially i'd recognize that Cameron higher and, and higher um, was opportunity and there was long-term growth in it um, and it wasn't that there wasn't you know the, the growth is, is huge and the opportunity is just um is just amazing but it was just when you when i had my blinders on if i'd taken them off and, and maybe taken that on a little earlier i could have worked more um, moved into the office a little bit earlier on weekends um, taken on a little bit more responsibility. Um and learn a lot more more mm. quickly, you know. So that that that'd probably be what it would be. Don't don't overlook opportunity, no matter how small you think it might be, because um, yeah. it might surprise
0: you. The thing that I hate a lot is when um, someone says <coughs> that's not my job. Oh. <laughs> and, um, like, like, there's probably lots of layers we can talk about without, but mm. if we just look at it at a very basic level, mm. if someone's a junior within an organization mm-hmm. and someone says, Hey, can you help me load up the truck or can you help mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. go unpack something or mm-hmm. whatever it is, whether it's your, your job or not, yeah. if you are always saying yes and you're interested in your learning, yeah. you're, you're just going to go places. Yeah. You're going to go places. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly saying, no, 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 sorry, I'm busy, even though you're not busy, Mm. it's like, what's the point? Like, What's the point? Like, You're not going to last in that organisation. No.
1: And I think as an industry as a whole, um, I get a real sense, and again, I haven't been in it for long, but I I see that the hire industry is like quite a beautiful, in some ways, narrative in the sense of the early days of the industry in Australia. Um, There was this real sense that everyone did everything. And if it was no matter if it was your job or if you'd clocked off two minutes ago, if something has to be done, either one of your colleagues needs help, um, or or a customer needs help, or there's something to be done, you just get in and get the job sorted. And that that was what I really liked. I think moving from in, into the office is that um, I was always quickly throwing a chain on chains on a machine on a truck for someone, or quickly doing a delivery in a tilt tray. Um, I've, I'm really lucky that I've been able to, to do everything. I've gone temporary fencing, um, I've, I've done plenty of that, I've delivered portaloos, plenty of site sheds, machines, but not, not so much that it's how great am I, it's that I had the opportunities to do them. And you said yes. And, and yeah, yes is the word, you know, I, I, I'm not big on turning down stuff now. I, as I grew up I went, you know what, if, I, if you say yes, chances are things are, are gonna happen. Um, but it's actually, the, it's more so that the hire, and rentally, the hire and rental industry and Cameron Hire itself actually allowed me to learn those things and to do those things and to say yes to those. It's more so about the opportunities that I had, I would say. It's not about me. It's more so what I was presented with that I, I feel really, really lucky for. Yeah. One
0: so. of my, my favourite yes stories is, is Al Bezling at Higher mm. Hire Express. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was talking to one of his customers and slumming around, they needed a forward drive. Yep. And he rented his wife's forward drive <laughs> <laughs> to, <laughs> to his customer. So he went home and said, honey, uh, clean <laughs> <laughs> <Killing> the car. <laughs> it's going out it's on going rent. On it's well, uh, like, that's, that's the, the perfect example of like, just for your customer, got a problem, get it out there. I had one, in, there was one in Canada. Mm. Um, oh, I wish I had the name of the company top of my head now, but anyway, there's a, a company in Canada where the company was struggling for desks in their mm, office yep. for some event, mm. and they rented their own office desks to the customer to help them like with the event that they just had. Just to get it over the line. Just to get it over the line. Oh, I wish it's, I had the company name. To, I'll give you an opportunity now, but yeah, that's an amazing story. In itself. It is,
1: and that, that to me is the hire and rental industry. It's that you literally hire the desks off your own floor. To get a customer over the line, and it's, but it's as much as, and to someone outside of the industry, you go, that's just ridiculous. Why would you do that? But it's, it's real, and the customer's needs are, are put first, and you just get in and get the job done. You say yes, you take on the job, and and you find a solution, and you get it sorted, mm. and that's what that is honestly what I really really admire about guys that have been in industry a long time, like the the big big names of the industry. Um, they they did that in the start, and when they started small, and when they were hands on, um, they'd have no dramas doing that. You know, in 30 or 40 years of, of mm-hmm. being in the industry, um, and they might be heroes now, but they'll they'll still give you a hand yeah. um, in in the wash bay or loading a truck or or get on the counter and pick up the phone when they need to, and it's that's amazing. I, I feel like you don't get that yeah, in, in other industries. It's a good much. point.
0: It's like when you look at the career paths for people, and, it, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a good analogy to, to mm-hmm. use uh for <clears throat> someone looking at the future yeah you can look at most industries mm-hmm. and if you want to be a gm or if you want to be a regional manager or whatever it is mm-hmm. you can just hop between industries yeah because like you're you've got the management experience yeah to be an, a regional manager at a higher rental business you got to know the industry
1: oh absolutely
0: if you yep. want to be a ceo like, yes, there are some CEOs that have come in but more of a corporate mm-hmm. side, but if you want to yeah. be a CEO or a general manager of a, of a medium to small size business, it's not going to happen. You, no. you, you've got to have that experience. And that should be refreshing to these people coming through the industry to say, almost like everyone that is above me in a leadership position mm-hmm. has come through these ranks. Yep. You can't yep. skip the queue.
1: No, that that's right. And and I say that all the time in not only Cameron High, but... A lot of other businesses you speak to you can you can track the progression of, of an individual and you look up to them and you go well that's where they started that's that's I, I was there too that's where i'm at now you go wow that's that's where it can take you um and it's but you can't like you say in the horror rental industry unless on a on a ground level you know your products you know your customers and you understand how the even something as simple as the the transaction of a contract what that means and how that works you you're not really equipped rightly or wrongly to be able to do the job. And that's where everyone has come up, not the hard way I suppose, but everyone has done the, the hard work and everyone understands. And you look up to the people that are mentoring me in, in Kenwin Horror and, and Surround, um, and they've, they've walked the exact same path and they've dealt with the exact same problems and issues um, that I stumble on. Mm. And that, that is, it's such a comfort and um, it's reassuring that the, the situation that you're in in the minute that's stressing you out to the max, is um is not new and it's something that other people have handled and dealt with before and and there's people to ask it's amazing yeah Yeah, it's really
0: special no for sure and so from a mentor standpoint like Mm -hmm. who do you think's better
1: played a big influence on your career so Mm -hmm. far um from a cameron High perspective the some of the guys that are there are just incredible mike and mark the owners um i they they mentor me in um in a lot of non-direct ways in that I look at their work ethic. I look at how hard they they do work. And Mike's, um, you know, nearly in his 70s, um, and he's still in it every day. He's in at 5.30 every morning, comes in, look at some paperwork, do some invoicing, handle this, handle that, make some decisions. He doesn't have to be there, but because he loves it um, and because he's got a good hard work ethic. And Mark's the same. Mark could... Um, he doesn't have to be there, but he does it because he loves it, he's passionate about his work and he's just an incredibly hard worker. Um, those guys, both, both Mike and Mark, have been incredible to me. Um, Adam Mulley, branch manager at Access, he's mentored me um, enormously just with advice. Um, Mick Gunn, one of my other branch managers, Jeremy Brown, there's a lot of guys that I work with all the time um, that I'm just so lucky to be able to soak up all of their collective experience and knowledge on products, on people. Mm-hmm. On situations on transport and just life in general making decisions saying yes and they those guys they all come from that that industry era of you just took the job on you got it sorted you said yes and not not that the industry is changing but there's a lot of people that come into the industry that don't realize that and that that getting that it's it's nearly a hallmark of the industry to to just make something happen Um, and it comes down to the guys that have been in the industry a long time um, to instill that sort of a mindset. And that's where I've been just so, so lucky to have incredible mentors around me.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. It's mm. really good. And so how do you, you're quite young, so let, let's, uh, how do you define success? Because like you've got a, a long road ahead of you.
1: Yeah, it's, I think if you, I, on, I think if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, it'd be so different to, to what it is now. But I think with, the little tiny fragment of wisdom that any 21 year old can sort of possess i suppose i think um, doing what you love i think if you do do something you love every day um, it doesn't matter what it is if you enjoy what you do you get up every morning to something you look forward to i think that's success but i think largely doing something you love but loving how you do it i think as well is knowing that you've made the right connections um, you've made the right decisions you've acted with integrity um, and you, you've looked after people, I, th- I think is, is huge. And so being able to lie straight in bed every night and know that I've, I've made the right choices and um, I've, I've done something that I, that I love, but I've been able to do it in a way that I know is right, I think is, is pretty big. And I think, I look at, the, there's a lot of guys in the and rental industry that, that act that way as well, that what they say matches their actions um, and they're good people. They, they don't come to work just to earn a pay packet um, they they come to work to to make a difference for people um, and to help and that's huge.
0: Yeah, really nah, for sure. Yeah, mate. If you keep that mindset, you'll definitely uh, keep that trajectory going and go places. Cause yeah, it's uh, it's very easy to to get sucked into like just the, the more doing it for the money or doing yeah. it for that. Mm. As soon as you have that passion, it changes everything. Like yeah. it, it change like as I said at the very beginning, customers know. Like customers mm. know when you care, mm. your managers know when you care, and and if you can keep that at fire and that energy, and and making sure that if you if you do lose the fire, you tell your managers. Yeah, that's what a lot of people like. They don't do like they're yep. they they think they're gonna get in trouble if they say to someone that I'm 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 not as excited befo- as I am before. Yeah, manager will freak out. Yeah, <laughs> they'll go. All right, how do we keep Tom? What do we do to keep Tom? All right, Tom, you wanna switch over and work in Access, or you wanna do something like else, or you want to help set up a new branch, or you want to move to Queensland, or whatever it is that uh, that is happening. You know what I mean? Like that, that's mm. that's some advice that I would give to a lot of young people. Like don't don't think that like you're on the journey yourself. Yeah. Like share share what you're feeling and show a little bit of like weakness mm-hmm. uh and it'll it'll work heaps better in the long run.
1: Yeah, sure. It's the, the passion the passion's huge and like you couldn't get up at, at four thirty or five o'clock every morning to come into work if if I didn't love it, you know? It's but I, I again, I'm, I'm lucky because there were guys that are around me that were passionate and helped instill a passion. And so when I first started as a hire controller on the counter, I wasn't I wasn't excited about it. You know, I necessarily enjoyed my work. I really liked it, but I wasn't I wasn't you know I wasn't driven and, and passionate and really really eager to get into to get into it and take the next step. What's happening next? Not just for myself. And I think that's a big difference as well. Is a, a lot of it is not about me. But it's actually, what can we do for the company? How can I, how, how can we push this further so that we can, um, we, we can take on more work and we can implement new products and we can offer our customers this? That's, uh, it's, and again, it's not me, it's more so the culture of, of where I work and it's the culture of the industry as well that everyone is always pushing for better. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to, to, to slip into that stream where everyone is like that, largely is like that, um, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, It's really, really cool. Yeah, no, it is. All right, Tom, well, thank you for coming on The Rental Journal podcast. Thank you so much for having me, really appreciate it. Awesome.